Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we start, I would like to draw your attention to what I can offer you as a master coach. I can help you to focus on your why with clarity, uniting your passion with your purpose with a plan to create the life you truly desire. Book a free 20 minute coaching call right now via calendly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson forward slash call and we can take it from there. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Cindy Powers Prosser. Welcome. Thank you, Amy. I'm so delighted to be here. And a big shout out to the wonderful Karen Volo, who has introduced us. And Karen is episode 381, if you want to go back and check that one. But thank you, Karen. What a wonderful gift your introduction has been. Yes, it has. Thank you, Karen. So let's get this started, Cindy. What is it that you're focusing on at the moment? My focus for 2024 is conscious creation, Uh, really being uh, the creator in your life. I think that we're all master creators. We're not taught that. Um, However, it is an absolute gift that we're all born with. And um, it's something I've done intuitively my whole life is created my life, co-created my life with the divine Um, ever since I was a child, I knew that I wasn't alone and I've co-created and I have done that, like I said, intuitively. And then um, I've had certain things that have happened in my life that have uh, helped me to just turn up the volume of it more and more and more and go deeper and deeper into the process of co-creating and and receiving. Um, And so I, I'm, I'm feeling intuitively. Now that's my gift is I've always been an intuitive person. So I do what comes to me and through me. And when I ask for what is it that is my message for 2024, how can I best serve in 2024? That's the message that I've been regularly receiving. Oh, there's so many different things I just want to pick up on, even just in that very quick intro. I want to understand more about the co-creating with the divine, what that actually means, please. Yes, yes. So again, I've intuitively done this since I was very little, um, asking for guidance, asking for help and looking for signs. And it's kind of like the breadcrumbs in Hansel and Gretel. And maybe that book even got me, you know, thinking about it. But Um, I can remember my first experience of being a child and my grandfather passing and then one evening seeing him sitting on my bed and and just feeling that I was never alone, that I always knew I had these these guides, this support with me, no matter what was going on around me. Um, And then just trusting, you know, when I was going on walks to be able to talk to my unseen friends and I was always really connected to nature and that's where I really felt it the most. I could see the little fairies around a, you know, a little stream. And, you know, I just, I I had the, you know, the imagination that that a child will have, but it was so real. 
And that was something that I never let go of. Most of the time we as children have that, but we lose it as adults. And I've always allowed that remembrance, that connection to stay with me. In fact, I ended up being an early childhood educator. I helped parents to work with their children so that they didn't change them, that they did allow them to develop at their rate and and have their gifts and keep their gifts. And it was a passion for mine for the first half of my life to help parents raise children that way. But then once my children grew up, I asked, what am I supposed to do now? You know, I knew there was something else. And of course, I had three signs. Uh, that's the way I've always worked. I always ask for three signs to show me what's next. And that's how, how I became a professional life coach. I did not know. I wasn't a plan to go into be a, being a life coach, but I got my three signs. I don't know if we want to take time for all the signs because they're miraculous. People, you know, laugh when I tell them the stories, but I had these three incredible signs to join the Coaches Training Institute. And then I went into doing that. And then I met my metaphysical coach through that process. And then I went into this whole training of lucid living. And then I realized that everything I've been doing intuitively, I could actually pull it apart and give it a uh, some names and a, and I could create systems and I could create some logic, some linear logic out of what I was just doing creatively. And that's how I'm able to show my clients now the process of conscious creation and manifestation. And I'm wondering, because you fully embrace your way of working now, were you ever fearful of what was happening to you as a child with this ability to connect to this way? Great question. Never. Never. I've always come from my heart. I've been able to feel into things that have been off or not in alignment with my heart, but I don't ever remember feeling fearful. I've always trusted I've known how to lean into trust and and go down the path that felt the lightest, the right path for me. So that's Did a people good question. understand it? Did people understand what you were doing or thinking and feeling? <laughs> no. Most of the time I was considered weird. In fact, most recently, not that long ago, my brother looked at me and said, You've always been so weird. So no, it's in a world of very um, traditional, you know, I grew up in the 50s, 60s, and, you know, that's when I was little. I was born in the 50s, and, and it was just so traditional. My mother hated being a woman. She wanted to go and be, you know, a man and go to work, but she couldn't. She used to tell me, it's a man's world, and you better get used to it. And we had to fit into this box and do things properly. And I was never that girl, you know, I was always just doing my thing that felt right for me. And no, it wasn't always accepted, but it didn't bother me. And knowing having lived through the various decades now since then, has there been one where you felt like you belong the most? Yes, I love the 70s. I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area with Haight-Ashbury and flower power and love and peace. I resonated with that era so much, 
so much. So that was the first time I really felt like, ah, these are my people. Yes. And now, and now, of course, I've always, so the last 20 years, since I've been a certified life coach and I've gone through the metaphysical training and really given um, my process names, um, I've been teaching for 20 years. There's two worlds, world of domination, power over control and manipulation, and the other world of dominion, of co-creating unity consciousness and working together for the good of all. And uh, it's been a message that I've you know, taught through my retreats and my speaking and my coaching. And now, now we are actually at this turning point where I truly believe that this old world of domination is starting to die. And this new world of dominion, unity, consciousness working together, the veil is being removed and we're starting to see things for what they are. And really people are awakening to uh, this way that I have I have always been, but didn't really know how to articulate it. And um, I'm really excited about this 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 year, actually. I can tell. I love this understanding of the two different spaces that are, are in existence for you, the domination and, and the dominion and and how one is dying to make room for the 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 dominion is that is it does it work like that how or do they need to coexist so backing up a bit masculine and feminine one seems very masculine one seems very feminine we need co we need both but we need the healthy masculine and the healthy feminine what's happened is our world has gotten into an unhealthy unhealthy masculine energy all about domination and control and power over rather than um, what my one of my mentors explains domination is straight lines. It's more linear. It's whole it creates the container for the beautiful feminine energy to exist and be contained in. Without the masculine, the feminine energy is just too messy. It's too swirly. So we need both. We need the structure um, and the linear world in a healthy form. And then we need the feminine in uh, a softer world, in the more swirls and the imagination and the emotions, but in uh, you know a healthy form as well. So both of them will survive. What's happening is it's just the deception and the uh, uh, the more ego based. And I don't. And I love the ego too. The ego has a healthy form that we need. And the unhealthy form. So the unhealthy form of the ego, the power, the control, the manipulation for more money, for more fame, for whatever the ego wants more of without adding the all, without creating for everyone, but just me, that is what's going to be dying and, um, and, and then being replaced in a much more healthy way. It feels very much like the work of Dr. Claire Graves. I don't know if you understand the values levels and and the way that you can exist in in different ways as collective groups. So not just having your own individual values, but together you come together in in different spaces. And and the way that I see 
the evolution of us as humanity is moving into this understanding of we need to collaborate to to really help the world to to continue or even to to unwind the damage that we've done so at the moment it's if we don't collectively come together with a, a shared purpose then it's it is a, a very difficult future that we are creating. It's the only way we'll survive. Yes, I truly believe that. And I think, I, I, and I believe that we are well on our way to surviving. Um, I, I'm a real optimistic in that I'm feeling into the energy, lightening up and really becoming more real in a sense. More people are understanding it. Like I said, the veil has been removed and we're more and more people I'm seeing in my lifetime, more than ever before in this last year, are starting to ask more questions and get more clarity around what that looks like. And when I share my ideal world, people will say, I feel that too. I've never put words to it, but what you say, I know to be true. And so I think we all are starting to wake up to this. We've all had it inside of us, but we've been programmed to see the world through the lens of domination for so long that we haven't really been able to grasp it. And now the lens is starting to you know, disappear and we're starting to see it through a different lens because we have to. And I think COVID was a gift in that way because you know it allowed us to get stirred up to really be uncomfortable and to start to see what was possible rather than how we've been conditioned and programmed to believe we needed to survive. Tell me more about the Hansel and Gretel breadcrumbs and how that the, the, the signs that you had and, and being able to see those who've passed and and trust that that's not a not a scary thing, but it's a it's a a way that you have been used to. But as part of the work you're doing, those breadcrumbs, are you going to be leaving some for others? <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> well, last year I took off because I needed to work on myself. I had a lot of things going on, and I knew in January it was going to be a year of extreme self care. And uh, so this year, yesterday, I made my first video actually for my community, really saying I'm ready. I'm here. I've I've gone through the next level of learning and I am ready to come back and support because I'm excited for 2024. <clears throat> and so, yes, I will be leaving a lots of breadcrumbs. I'm absolutely stepping up and coming coming out. The breadcrumbs that I speak of, is uh, the whole part of co-creating with the divine, with our guides, with our higher self. I don't know if any of these terms are familiar to your listeners, and I don't. We don't need to spend time going into it, but it's the unseen, the unseen friends that we have around us, and um, and so the way I use the breadcrumbs is I say, I get really clear with what I want or what I don't want, and I realize that. It's an energy. So we're all energy and it's a feeling more than a form. 
of what I desire. So for example, <clears throat> when we moved to New Zealand, I'm originally from Northern California and in 2024, we moved to New Zealand and I didn't know we'll move, where we were gonna move. So we had a couple of years of trying to figure out where to move. And um, in that process, I asked, you know, we tried to move to Mexico, to Hawaii, to Central California, nothing was flowing. And my husband and I are very good with going down the path of least resistance, going with the flow. We both are very good at creating our life that way. So we stopped. And I said what I always say to my, my unseens, show me a sign. Show me a sign. Where are we supposed to move? And within several months, I had three signs. I always ask for three signs. Now, this is the trail of breadcrumbs. Now, here's the deal. You know how you're going to feel. I knew what we wanted and how we wanted to feel when we were living in our new location. But I had no idea where it was going to be. I didn't know how we were going to get there. All the details are not as important in consciously creating or co-creating. It's about a feeling always over a form. So we knew it was going to be Mediterranean climate near the beach. My husband wanted to surf. I love nature. I wanted to be surrounded by beautiful nature, year-round veggie garden, fruit trees, walking in nature, doing my work. And um, so we, we, you know, you spend time being in the essence of the future in the present moment and feeling into what that feels like. And then ask for a sign. So I'm going to briefly go through. The first sign was... <laughs> My husband wanted to move to New Zealand. I did not want to move to New Zealand. It was too far away. He just had this feeling it was going to be New Zealand. I wouldn't even engage in conversation with him because our daughter didn't want to go there. I didn't want to break up my family. Well, the first sign, we had a surprise dinner guest. It was the prime minister of New Zealand, Helen Clark at the time. <laughs> Out of the blue, literally. We were just a regular family in a small house. <laughs> Again, I won't go into the details of how that happened, but it's true. She sat around our table and ended up coming back and staying five days with us. So we had a lot of time to talk about moving to New Zealand with that one sign. My husband took it as the full sign. I said, no, I need two more. The second sign was um, we were selling our property in Mexico. The person that wanted to buy it came and spent the weekend with us. We engaged with him and um, at the end of our time together, New Zealand was never mentioned. He said, I know where you need to move. I said, where? He said, New Zealand. I said, why? He said, I have some property in New Zealand, East Coast, little provincial town, uh, really out in the middle of nowhere. And um, it's outside of a, a community called Gisborne, Wainui Beach. And I have a friend who often will carve off some of his farm for people. If you, you know, what are you looking for? I told him, he said, if I see anything like that, I'll send you a picture. Bottom line is the next week he sent me a picture. It was exactly what I was looking for. It had the energy exactly of what I was feeling. Out in the middle of nowhere in New Zealand, not just New Zealand, I'm talking the edge of New Zealand. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, second sign, I will give it a second sign. Intuitively, I knew it, but I needed a third. The third sign came when um, I, I went down to, my husband was a professional photographer and his office was downstairs. It was dinner time. I went down to tell him dinner was ready. He had a new client. I invited her to come and join us who were sitting around the table. I, I noticed she had an accent, asked her where she was from. She said, New Zealand. I said, where? 
she said, from a little provincial town on the East Cape of New Zealand. It was less than a kilometer from where that picture was taken. I knew that was my third sign. I knew that I was being told to move there. There was no question in my mind. And I did. I just let go of everything and I trusted in this co-creation. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, Amy. It took me three years, three years to adjust to it, but it was the most personal growth. It's what I teach and what I learned in those three years has created who I am today. And without that move, I would not be where I am today. It was the biggest gift I have ever received in my life and it was the most difficult time in my life, which often happens to us, correct? Sometimes we need to go down so that we can come up. And that is a perfect example. Wow. It's uh, it's goosebumps territory, isn't it? It really is. It's incredible. And I have a question about the unseens. Are they people that you know? Or are, have they changed over your lifetime? Well, that's a great question. These are fun. Um, I don't always know. So um, I don't know all of the guides that I'm working with. <clears throat> and both my parents have passed over. Like I shared the story of my grandfather. Both my parents have passed over and I've become closer to them now than I ever was when I when they were alive. Um, my father has, again, you know, it was an interesting way, but I ended up going and meeting a, <clears throat> um, a medium. I didn't know anything about what that was when I first moved to New Zealand. In those three really tumultuous years, those rocky years, when I first moved to New Zealand, I was very lonely. <clears throat> and I talked to my dad on these long walks who had already passed. I just talked to him and I found heart rocks, handfuls of every every walk, walk. I would find handfuls of heart rocks, messages from him. He was trying to give me love and and connecting me to his love and his 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 you know deep connection. Um, but then I again I won't get into the story for lack of time. But I was told through the signs through the breadcrumbs to go to this event that was happening where there was a, a medium there. I didn't know what that was. Um, and, and and it was in a big room and I went. And when the lights dimmed and she, well, she, when she got on stage, she explained what she did. She said, you're here to talk to people who have passed on. And I immediately knew why I was there then because my father wanted to talk to me. So I just set the intention that, you know, and she said, and gently invite them if they want to come and have a conversation with you tonight and gently invite them to show their light and I will see them and I will talk to them and then I will tell you who's here. And if you want to have a conversation with them, you'll come on stage, <laughs> the big screen, the microphone, and you'll have a conversation with this person. So I just said, hey, dad, if that's you and you want to have a conversation with me, let's go. I was the third person on stage. And there were hundreds of people in that room. Got on stage. And in that 20 minutes, I had the most heartfelt, loving connection, conversation with my father than I ever had in my life. And at the end of that conversation, he said to me, 
you'll know I'm with you. He was an alcoholic. He had a very difficult life and numbed out with alcohol. He was very passive, kind alcoholic, but he nonetheless killed himself with alcohol at 59. And he said, you'll know that it's me because you'll smell stale alcohol around you. That'll be my sign that I'm here with you, guiding you, holding you, and loving you. And to this day, I smell him on a regular basis, and I know he's with me. Yes. I intuitively, my mom has passed recently, the last couple of years, and I intuitively know when she's with me. I can feel her. It's an energy that I can feel, and I, and I know it's her. So those two people I know are with me and supporting me, and I can talk to them. But uh, not all of them, no. And what about how you're interacting with your family in the present, but also preparing them for the ability to have this relationship going forward? Yeah, that's a great question, too. You know, I've always taught, being a teacher of parents and of young children, that what we role model um is the best way to share our wisdom and our legacy with our children. And then if they want to know more, we can tell them the stories and go on, but we can't push it too much. Um, and so my kids know who I am. I've never hidden any of this. And they of course watch these videos that I share and know my work. Um, I've always had a meditation room since they were young. I always started the day with meditation and then came out at 7 a.m. and became a mother. I've always lived knowing that I needed to take care of myself first before taking care of others. And I've role modeled that to them. Using my intuition, leading my life from my heart is something I've done my whole life as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, as a leader. So you probably have to ask them what they've taken on. Um, they know my stories. Do they sit down and go, Mom, I want to know more about your guides. I want to know more about your stories, such as you are? No, they don't. And they're very aware of it. I think, you know, it's, it's an interesting relationship that we have with our children. And I would love for them to say, tell me more about co-creating with the divine and, you know, show me how to be a, man or ma a master manifester. And, you know, what do you see that I'm doing incorrectly? I would love my kids to do that, but they don't. <laughs> um, and I'm not about to teach them or coach them. That's not my job. My job is just to be there for them in the ways that they need me, especially as adult children. So I, you know, I, I, that's the best answer I can give to you on that. It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, you're absolutely right. There's been so many elements in, in my life where I've learned something and I've been very keen to share that knowledge and I've had to temper the excitement and the enthusiasm because if you do come across in that way of, of preaching, it, it really does fall on deaf ears. And it, it, in fact, it's it's even worse. It will be resisted. So it is a case of, of just doing 
and being. And and that is the way that if it is something that they're willing to take on board, they will do. But again, you can't prescribe a life for your children. And I think you are absolutely right. The more you try to push it on them, the more resistant they are to receiving it. We can't do that to anybody, especially our children. All we can do is show them. Mm. It's really interesting. I mean, I share some connection with with what you're sharing. Um, I don't know whether it's because I haven't practiced it enough to to know that there's more. I definitely believe in signs. I definitely be, believe in asking for help and guidance from those that have passed. Whenever I think of of something that I I can't solve myself, I I ask my grandfather particularly to to help me, and always it gets solved. You know that there's always a, a problem that gets resolved that way. Um, I I see robins and rainbows, and they are my my sort of signs that he's there. So that's you know that sits with me. I I don't necessarily have as as many um signs or but maybe i'm just not asking enough you know that's the thing isn't it you know I, I, maybe it's just that this is available to to you if you practice it more and you're more observant and this is the thing isn't it you can be blind to opportunities and and, and coincidences or serendipitous moments that are there yeah i think that we haven't been taught how to do this most of us didn't have parents to role model it for us. And so we, many of us are not aware of the support we have and the tools that we have that are so available and free. We're born with all of this and it's with us, um, you know, all the time, 24 um, seven. So I think you're right. And I think that the more we tap into our intuition, we learn how to go into our inner guidance and trust in uh, those feelings, those knowings, um, those signs, then we have more fun playing with that. It is like a game and engaging with that. And then the more we use it, the easier it becomes. It's like anything. And so I think you're right. I think, you know, it's just a matter of remembering and trusting and using and playing. And and then, you know, it's not for everyone, just like everything, but it is absolutely available to everyone. And you speak about conscious creation. How much is also unconscious? Most of most of us are going around unconsciously creating. <laughs> yeah, most of us are unconscious of being unconscious. We don't know what we don't know. That's the key. And if we knew it as a child, we were programmed to forget it because our parents or our teachers or our ministers or whoever it was that were our mentors weren't in alignment with that. And so they didn't know how to engage with that. And that was considered, you know, childlike. And um, so I think just by listening to a conversation at this level or reading or understanding anything, just get, gathering the information, 
we become, we can become conscious of being unconscious. That's the first step to change. We have, we don't, we, we have to know what we don't know. And so if any of this is sounding interesting to anyone, it's like, just, just be curious with it. There's nothing you need to do. It's just kind of asking some questions about it and, and, and just holding it and looking at the world through this different lens of consciousness. Wow. What if I could consciously create my life and it's not just happening to me? that I could co-create. And if that's the truth, then I'd love to be able to give the first most powerful step to doing that, if that's okay. The most powerful step besides becoming conscious of being unconscious, that's a very powerful step, is really getting clear with what it is you desire. I ask people, what, what is it that you desire in life? What are you passionate about? What would you love to create? And most of the time, the answer I receive is I have no idea. I don't know what I desire. That is the number one step to consciously creating your life. What is it that you want more of? What is it that you're ready to let go of? What do you want to step into in 2024? That is the first step in conscious creation. Giving attention to where you want to go, not where you don't want to go. Because whatever you give attention to, you will create more of. And what is it for you, Cindy, that you have yet to create? <laughs> well, Amy, I have a big birthday this year, like a very big birthday. <laughs> most people are retired at my age. So most people at my age are retired and creating a very easy life, uh, a life of retirement. Um, I... I want to step even more into service. I feel like there's never been a better time for me to be able to speak at this level. For years, I was considered the weird one. And I believe people are ready to actually embrace everything that I have to give. And I have played small. I've dimmed my light because I was afraid of what people would think and say and you know, I've got my lessons that I've had since I was a little girl of not feeling like I was enough. At this age, I don't care anymore. I don't want to die with this message not being shared, with my passion not being felt and created, you know, a life around what I have to share with the world. So, what I want to create is just a platform for me to open my heart and be authentic and real in everything I know to be true and trust that anybody that is looking for guidance in this area will know that they're not alone, that there's plenty of us out there and it's time.
it's time to take 100% responsibility for who we want to be and how we can create our life from a place of unity consciousness, trust, joy, creativity, curiosity, working together, co-creating with all all like-minded people, creating more community, and having more fun. That's what I want to leave to. And a purpose? Pardon? And the purpose? The purpose? Because I, 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 I see a world that is going to be based in all of that. Much less fear and way more love. You know, I, I know it sounds, you know, it's been used a lot, especially over the last year, but my purpose is learning how to love yourself in all the ways you've wanted other people to love you. It's all based in self-love. It's all about getting to know yourself at the most intimate level, supporting yourself, all parts of yourself, the parts work, the inner child, the inner adolescent, the ego all the different lives, the future lives, the past lives, you know, it's all us. And when we get to know us ourselves at that intimate level and put our arms around myself and learn how to navigate through our emotions, not let our emotions navigate through us, but to just not be afraid of feeling and releasing and feeling and expanding. That's my purpose, to help people to come home to the more real of who they are so that we have a planet that's based in that more real way of being, living, loving, and creating. That's the world I see. That's the future I see. I may not be in this human body when it's all happening, but I totally trust that my grandchildren will be there. Yeah, it's beautiful. And with that mention of grandchildren and being a grandparent, I know that we've talked about the responsibilities of of being a parent and, and allowing the independent growth of our children. Is there a different role as a grandparent, do you feel? Oh, wow. So I'm, my oldest grandchild is five. So I've had five years of it getting to experience this and they live in the United States. I do have one granddaughter who's a year old here nearby, not real close, but a couple hours away. So um, what I'm discovering is, um, and this is just me, I'm sure every grandparent will have their own answer for this, Amy. But for me, even before they were born, I was communicating with them, soul to soul. I love communicating soul to soul. And so now that they're young, I like them to have me see them as the more real of who they are, soul having a human experience. And so when I'm with them, I'm hoping that they feel the depth of my love that is not a parent's love. I know the parent's love, and I love watching my, my kids be parents. 
you know, that's a whole nother conversation to watch my children be parents to these children. I oh, love that so much. But for me to connect with my grandchildren when they are still at this, this age of coming into a body and getting to understand what it is to be human with an ego and with all that's going on in the world right now, I just, my gift to them is that I am a safe place for them to come to no matter what. That they can talk to me about anything. And I am here for them, not for answers, but for love. Unconditional love from a grandparent. I have no attachment. Parents tend to have a bit more attachment <laughs> because it's a big job being a parent. This job is just about love, just about seeing them in the essence of who they be. And then just giving them permission to be there, to not have to do anything, but just be that love and that light and follow those sparks of light in the world. That's what I feel is my job as a grandparent. It's so interesting to, to hear you describe the relationship of a grandparent with their grandchildren, because as a granddaughter, I, you do feel a different connection to other people with your grandparents I know I did I had and I will be talking about this in my own reflections episode it's not for now to talk about this in depth but it's it's definitely a very different space that you feel as a very as a young child you feel that different type of love and it and again we could talk about this for a whole, whole episode about the love and and that that bond and and the different types of love that you feel from a child perspective but and also how that then sits with you ready to pass that relationship on as a grandparent it, it's exciting and i don't want to wish life on or wish life forward it's just knowing that at some point that that role will be there so oh cindy what a beautiful conversation thank you so much for sharing all you are and all you do and why you are who you are. It's been really, really special. How would people reach out and connect with you and hear more about what you do? Yes. Yeah, so um, yeah, this is, this is, uh, I have a website and I, um, it's been around for about five years and in this new year, 2024, I'll probably be making some changes to that website, but the URL will always remain the same. My, webs my um, website is cindypowersprosser.com. So it's C-I-N-D-Y-P-O-W-E-R-S-P-R-O-S-O-R.com. Um, <clears throat> that's my website. My my um, email address is the same, cindy at cindypowersprosser.com. 
So that's right now the best way to get a hold of me. I have a newsletter that I'll be doing again. I took a year off, like I said, but I'm starting again. It'll be a regular newsletter. I'll be doing regular videos on my YouTube channel, which is also Cindy Powers Prosser. Um, I have a Facebook, Instagram, um, uh, LinkedIn, all of those on social that I, again, will be re-engaging with this year. So all, all of those will be found under my name, Cindy Powers, P-R-O-S-O-R, Prosor. Yes, that's how they can find more about me. Fabulous. Well, the, all the links are in the show notes. So thank right. you for sharing. Wow. Well, I, I will be so challenged in my reflections on which threads to pull in or more detail later when I do my solo episode. But thank you for for giving me lots of options and lots of food for thought. And thank you very much for for sharing your beautiful, unconditional love with us. And, How would you like thank you? Well, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to be able to share myself at this level. Um, seriously, it's been so uh, beautiful to be able to open my heart and really speak from my absolute truth, from a place of absolute integrity to my soul. So thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. How would you like to close out the episode and, and leave us with some final words of wisdom? I think my final words of wisdom is to make time to just be. In this crazy world of doing, achieving, producing, it's not always easy to find that time or make that time. It's We're not always shown how to do that even. But if you can start your day or do moments, little snippets, three deep breaths throughout your day, to just be still, and to receive any pearls of wisdom that have been wanting to come through. The messages are there. Your intuition is as big as mine. It's just a matter of listening and receiving the guidance from within. But you must make the time to do so. How has this conversation had an impact on you? What value have you received from tuning in? What are your reflections with actions? Please take a moment to leave me an Apple podcast or Spotify review sharing how Focus on Why has made a difference to you today. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, simply connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, Focus on Why.